UFO Anarchy in the UK with special guest Russ Kellett. Episode 37 of the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. Welcome to the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. Coming to you from the glacial dumping grounds known as the Michigan Basin. I'm Michelle. And I am Wayne. And we are a Michigan-based husband and wife educator and podcasting duo that after having a UFO sighting in March of 2018, have started to examine UFOs and other paranormal topics within Michigan and beyond. Topics include UFOs, the paranormal, conspiracy theories, ghosts, alternative history and archaeology, cryptids, and all things strange and paranormal. So sit back, grab a drink, and come along with us on this journey down the paranormal rabbit hole. All right, we are back for episode 37. We are on that escalator going down the rabbit hole. I'm sliding down the handrail. <laughs> you just passed us all up. I'm telling you. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is episode 37, and we're going to be talking to Russ Kellett from the UK, and this is going to be amazing. Yeah, we, we talk, and then Zoom freezes up, and then we talk some more, and then Zoom freezes up. Man, it's been an editing nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, at the time of this recording on August 22nd, we are now back to work. Tons of meetings. That means we're pretty dang tired as we record this. I am my own walking paranormal activity right now. That's how tired I am. So tired you're <laughs> slap happy, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. It should be, <laughs> it should be gotcha. interesting. <laughs> Oh, Lord. All right. Well, everybody, here we go. Let's get this show on the road. Uh, don't remember. or <laughs> Don't remember? Don't remember. <laughs> so don't forget that besides all of the different podcasting platforms, you can also find us on YouTube. Please search us out by typing in Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters Podcast. All one word, no spaces. You'll find the link in the show notes. And then... If you've got a story you would like to tell, we would like to talk to you. You can reach out to us at mi.ufo.podcast at gmail.com. Send us a brief summary of your experience and we'll contact you to discuss things further and try to get you or your story on the podcast. And the lovely Michelle will read it for you. <laughs> and don't forget, if you like the podcast and would like to rock some of the latest swag, Head on over to the online store at miufopodcaststore.online. You can find that link also in the show notes. And if you are interested in supporting us through the Patreon page or buying us a cup of coffee, guess where the links are? In the show notes. Where is it? Show notes. Show notes? Yes, the show notes. Okay, I'll make sure I put them in the show notes then. Make sure you put them in the show notes. Uh, you know what? We should take a quick break and go grab some dinner. Where do you want to go to grab some well, dinner? Well, gee, we saw the menu on Facebook tonight. Mm -hmm. And a little bit of Mediterranean food is sounding mighty yummy. 
Yeah, like that steak Mediterranean wrap that happens over there. New Boston Coney and Grill. Traveling near New Boston, Michigan? Hungry? Well then, you need to check out New Boston Coney and Grill tucked away at 37005 Huron River Drive. With daily specials, homemade soups and desserts, and a staff that makes you feel like family, you will not be disappointed. Give them a try for dine-in or carry-out at 734-606-5313. You can find their page, including their menu, on Facebook. Bon Appetit! You know, Michelle, I really love New Boston Coney and Grill. <laughs> I'm telling you, the people at New Boston Coney and Grill are like family. They are like family. And you know what? If you hear this commercial and you go into New Boston Coney and Grill, tell them you heard that on our podcast. And uh, I'm telling you, it will make their day. Of course it will. Because <laughs> they are awesome. And you can get great food at, at New, New Boston, Boston Coney, Coney and Grill. Grill. <laughs> Jinx. That was not rehearsed, by the way. (laughs) All right, Michelle. I think it's that time. It's time for What's in the News. Yes. What is in the news? I am so glad he didn't read that like Barry White. Baby. (laughs) Bloody hell. All right, coming out of News 18 from India, the Calvine photograph, world's clearest UFO picture found after 32 years. Okay, this just proves the point that people are interested in UFOs all the way around the world. We are getting this article from India. Yeah, and I mean, we're talking to people in the UK, and it's kind of like a, a a split reaction as far as like the the popular opinion of, you know, uh, the population. I feel like I'm giving a lesson or examples on alliteration, but I know that I've heard a lot of stories that come out of Australia. Oh yeah, and then the story that we heard from Russ during our interview. So it's not just simply isolated here to the the U.S. I mean, look at the case in what was it, the Zimbabwe? Yep, with the Zimbabwe Aerial, school children, the yeah. aerial school. Oh my gosh, that it! I mean, that's like a, a story for another episode. I would love to talk to some of the students now that they're adults. So just no, never know. I might get lucky. So UFOs are have been the f- fodder for various theories related to extraterrestrial life and their interaction with humans on Earth. With multiple sightings alleged, seldom has one found concrete or even clear evidence to support their claims. Hmm. The, again, coming from halfway around the world. Now, a photograph touted as the world's clearest photo of a UFO has resurfaced more than 30 years after it was initially released. Named the Calvine Photograph, the picture shows a diamond-shaped object flying around with another plane in the background. The photo was unearthed by academic researcher and journalist Dr. David Clark, as per the Sun Report. I 
don't know. This this thing has split the community yet again. Here's something else. It looks like a reflection of something in the water and you and possibly a guy in a rowboat and you cannot tell. There's no real depth to the image. The It almost looks like I mean if you examine this photo you know, it's one of those perception and reality photos. But if you look at it, it's almost like you can see a faint, like distortion in between like clouds and water far off in the horizon. And if you look at it, it's like an island with the reflection in water and somebody's in a boat. It's really hard to tell. I don't know why they can say, well, I do know why they're saying it's the clearest photograph because somebody said it was a photograph of a UFO. Therefore, it is. We don't really know what this object is. It's a UFO. So it's unidentified. So we got to kind of stop right there because we don't know if that thing is flying. And it is. I don't know. Flying uh, once somebody tells you. Island what? with a reflection. Yeah. I mean, again, it's one of those perception and realities. You know what it is? It's the psychological Rorschach test being done on the UFO community. What I'm telling do you, you see with all the ink? Right. You see a butterfly. If you take that photo and you flip it 180 degrees and put some ripples around it, it looks like a leaf sitting in a puddle with a reflection of something or a pebble sticking out of the little puddle there. And it's, you know, and I said this on our Facebook group, it's like once you hear the hypothesis that that's an island in a lake and that's a rowboat, a guy in a rowboat, not a plane. See, and that's what people will start to think. They'll be like, sure. So you're being programmed to think what it is. But maybe it is a UFO. Maybe. Maybe it is. But all we know is it's called the Kelvin photo. And, you know, when the, when the, as, uh, in the interview, you'll hear Russ talk about when the G-men jump on the bandwagon, it really makes you wonder, okay. Well, and here's, and here it is, a little bit of history in the photo for those who have no idea what we're talking about. The photograph was taken by two hikers who remain unknown to this day on a hillside near Calvine, Scotland. They captured a giant angular object in the sky with another jet flying nearby. The photo, after being clicked, was submitted by the hikers to Scotland's Daily Record newspaper, after which it went to the Ministry of Defense. <laughs> but that, right, but that is what the two hikers who remain unknown declared what it is that you are seeing in that photo it's like here's a picture we don't want our names known well but but they say here's a picture of a ufo with a plane in the background and leave us alone don't don't put our names in the picture so you're programming the observer as to what they're seeing or to the people who that they're handing this absolutely the observer so absolutely And I'm just giggling because every time I hear Ministry of Defense, of course, I'm like, yeah, we're thinking about Potter land, Harry Potter. So, but the photo never got published or caught the public eye. The photo, rather than becoming a clear insight, became a myth until now. 
Dr. Clark managed to track down the photograph after much effort and found it with the former RAF press officer Craig Lindsay, who kept a copy of the original photograph. Lindsay agreed to pass on the photograph to Dr. Clark, who then submitted it to the Sheffield Hallam University. The Calvine photograph, although an important piece in the UFO puzzle, is still not the answer to the mystery surrounding it. The National Aeronautics and Space Administration in June announced that it will launch a full-fledged scientific study into UFOs. The study will peek into the available UFO data and chart out credible observations. The team, consisting of 15 to 17 people, started working on the project from August 17th. And I wonder how much they're getting paid. You know, they were faking photographs in the 90s. That's not hard to do back then, especially if you were somebody who was maybe a photography student and knew how to expose uh, film in certain ways and be able to bleach things out and manipulate things. I just, there's something about this photo, Michelle, that is setting me off that is is just telling me there's something wrong here. But how many committees do they need to have? Well, apparently we need a whole office in the United States government to investigate this. So with 15 to 17 people. So do we ever learn who the 15 to 17 people are? No, you're just paying them and you don't know who you're paying. Exactly. There we go. I don't know. It just... It just feels creepy. And, you know, when I get that feeling that something is creepy, I just, I, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm skeptical at this point about this. Watch, photo. watch the news reports. Do your digging, folks. That Calvine photograph is going to be quite, uh, I think, quite an interesting source of talk for a little while here. Yeah. Until it is either completely debunked. Which, you know, I would hate to see happen. I think it would be very cool if this was an actual good picture of a UFO. Or it's possibly a a U.S. uh, top secret aircraft they were testing in uh, Scotland. You know, they do have airstrips in that area that they could have been flying from. Who, Who knows? But I'm trying not to jump to any conclusions. It just doesn't sit well with me. And I don't know. People... If you agree, disagree, whatever, we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Go ahead and uh, send us an email and let us know what you think. Maybe we'll read some of your comments on the next episode. I think that'd be pretty cool. Okay, Michelle, with that all being said, we're going to go ahead and get into this interview with Russ Kellett. And we do bring this up to him since he is from the UK and he's got some very strong opinions on it as well. Kind of like where I'm at. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about Russ? Well, Russ Kellett is well known in the subject of UFOs as a UFO investigator of alien abductions, aliens, big cats, Bigfoot, dogman, wolfman, strange creatures, crop circles, and don't forget being a ghost hunter. He is also an abductee, part of the secret space program. He is well known for his down-to-earth, no-nonsense stance on the subject and tells it like it is. He has a good relationship with many media outlets from international newspaper groups with breaking news stories that have made front page around the world. He has written for many magazines on the subject. Russ has also been a consultant and taken part in a number of UFO-related television programs from the BBC, TV, Carlton TV, Bravo TV, and many more. 
He has been a guest on many radio shows on FM radio as well as internet radio. Russ has worked on a number of famous cases. One in particular is working on a case for over 26 years known as UK's Roswell, the Berwyn Mountains incident. Now, Russ has become an author with his first book about his life as an alien abductee and being taken by an alien race, trained as a super soldier, and put into a military unit fighting the enemies of the aliens that have taken him. His second book is about how the Berwyn Mountains have become as famous for its earth-shattering flying saucer crash landing. So you want to know the truth about alien abductions, secret bases, and the big plan? Ask an abductee. Ask someone who remembers the facts. Ask someone who has seen in video the real deal. Do you think your governments are going to tell you the truth? Oh, man, this is going to be crazy good. So let's go ahead and bring on from Yorkshire, UK, the one and only Russ Kellett. So, Russ, thank you for joining us, man. This is incredible. Having me on the show. Uh, Absolutely. Well, we're very happy to have you on the podcast. And you have an incredible story. And you've been involved in this for quite a long time. So, I know Michelle has kind of the opening question. Can you give our, our audience a little bit of your background? And when was the first time you encountered UFOs and the paranormal or one over the other? Right, well, let's go back to the first incident where I was looking for presents, Christmas presents upstairs in the back bedroom because that's when my my parents used to, you know, get presents and and store them up in the back bedroom, my grandma and granddad's bedroom. And I'd cottoned on to this, so I was looking to see... (laughs) If there's coming, what we're getting. And uh, my mum and my grandma were downstairs, and I'd said I was going upstairs to the bathroom. I was only about four. Anyway, they're shouting, come on, what are you doing upstairs? Get down here. So I thought, right, I better move myself. Going past the window to go out of the door, and there's a backyard in front of me, what you can see, my backyard, and the back street and houses across, and there's this silver thing, and there's this, what looked like a, a man in a spacesuit walking through my gate, and I'm looking, I'm thinking it's a spaceman, and he stopped, and I looked at him, and basically... I waved, I put my hand up to wave at him and he he put uh, his hand up and gestured. And then he sort of like went back out of the gate, sort of like backwards. And then he walked around this silver object, which I thought were, at first I thought it were a dustbin man. And 
as it goes behind this silver, what I thought were a dustbin wagon van, it started to judder and then it went up. And I couldn't believe my eyes. And I'm looking up to see where this silver object has gone. And then my mum and my grandma, I could hear them talking, and my mum shouts, come on, get down these stairs now, you know. So I went into the bathroom, then I went downstairs. But I never said anything at the time because I shouldn't have been in the in the back bedroom, especially looking for Christmas presents. So that was that was the first occasion. And after that, I was interested in, in UFOs because my dad came in from work. It'd been on the, the late shift, the evening shift. Now, what happened? He was out with his brothers and his workmates, his colleagues, having a tea break early hours at morning. And my dad was talking to a friend and his brothers were talking to their friends and, and you know, behind him. And what happened was there was some shouting and, and look, look. And my dad was talking and he had his back turned to this group. Now, what happened, apparently, this cigar-shaped craft moved along the, the sky and it went into a cloud. And by the dad, my dad had turned around. And they said, you know, what's up? And they said, oh. We're just looking at this UFO. Some called it a UFO. Some called it um, a cigar shape. And some called it um, a torpedo. They all had different uh, ideas of what they'd seen, you know. So my dad was telling us when he came in from work that morning. So, you know, I was always interested from from that time you know and my dad had really started getting interested and he started buying uh, books and i'd see books every so often turn up about ufos uh, about bermuda triangle all sorts of you know different subjects so then after that i'd um, like i said i've been seeing things Quite a lot. I'd, I'd been seeing UFOs as a, a child a lot, you know. But we got into us early teens. And it was summer. And we're playing out because old school, we were on school holidays, you know, what you'd call fall. So the ones that were still around the streets and hadn't gone on holiday, we were playing down the street, playing a game like hide and seek. And I remember it was similar to hide and seek, but if you go and you touch the, the, the part at the top of the, the street where you set start from, you can relieve everybody. It's been caught, so they can all go and hide again, you know. Called tin can squat, actually, but anyway. So, as usual, I was the first one to get caught. You know, so I had to go and, and sit up at the top of the street. And I was sat on the corner where there'd been a garage and it had been pulled down and it had been 
tarmacked, but not very well because of a big six-inch nail sticking out of the tarmac. So I'm sat there, and I'm looking up at the sky, and I looked up again, and there's this big ball-like object. And it's like segments, you know, it's like an orange. There's like a white segment, then a red, then a white, then a red, all the way around. And it was massive. Now, we had seen something weeks before, and it were like um, hot air balloons. But you could see the difference because you could see where there were a basket and where it, where it came down like an hot air balloon because there were no basket and where the the end comes down where you know like it, it's heated up it, it comes down like so um into a, like a tube you know and there's no basket and there's nobody in a basket so we know that it wasn't an hot air balloon and i basically stood up and shouts look at ufo look at ufo and all my friends that were playing the game, you could hear one or two shouting, shut up, you know, there's, there is no UFO. You've been caught and you're spoiling the game for everybody. And I shouted, no, I'm being serious. I'm not lying. Look, there's a UFO over there above the houses. That seems like something, uh, you know, kids seeing a UFO would do. I mean, absolutely. So one by one, the heads started popping up over walls from behind garages, behind gates, and they all jumped then. When they could see it, they all run up to the, the, the top of the, the, the street where we were playing, where we started from, and looking up at this, this object, and it was moving from left to right. Anyway, it was so fascinating that everybody started running and chasing and, and going in the direction of this object. So, we, I run, I would usual, I'm always the one, you know, like at the back of the, the queue and what have you, you know, sure. running <laughs> and what have you. So, basically, it gone behind, by the time I'd, there were some cars coming, I was waiting they were in front of me. By the time I got across to the next street, it had gone into these clouds. And I said, where's it gone? I said, oh, it's gone into clouds. So we went back to where we started again. And we were talking about it. You know, it's like, what, what, it, what, what it? And, you know, uh, one of the lads was saying, oh, it was just a balloon. And we said, no, it wasn't a balloon. You know, we know what balloons look like. We've seen them a couple of weeks ago. That one, yeah. that one, um, a not air balloon, you know. So anyway, one of my friends, he turned around and said, "We're going to have to call it something. We're going to have to give it a name, you know, where we saw this, and you know." So I said, "Well, I was sat there, and I says, and there's a nail sticking out there at tarmac. I said, why not call this where we've seen it, nail point?" So. We yeah. give it a name, Nail Point, where we'd seen this UFO. And this was 15 of us, right? Mm. Now, I wrote a book, and this is in, in the book. It's called E.T. Rider. 
Now, what happened was I had a shop and a friend that was there at the time, who I hadn't seen for over 10 years, he'd been in the army, come out, and he walked into my shop. And he says, Russ, he said, is this your shop? And I says, yeah. He said, wow. The next thing he said was, do you remember Nail Point? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, I mean, the first yeah. thing he says after, all right, Russ, how are you doing? You know, is this your shop? Was, do you remember Nail Point? Now, you tell me, you know, had that had an impact on him? You know, for him to ask me that. Uh, where was this taking place at? Uh, obviously over in England, but a specific city where this was taking place? Yeah, it was a, a place called Bradford in West Yorkshire, a mill town. Okay. And funnily enough, I did some research, you know, sort of like mm -hmm. on the area. And years before, when I spoke about my dad, Actually, well, he didn't witness it, but his brothers and his workmates witnessed something called either um, a torpedo-shaped craft or a cigar-shaped craft. Wow. Now, I had a look, and I found in some of the Bradford's uh, library – uh, he had uh, like uh, clippings from newspapers. Yeah. I was just going to ask you if you researched that at all. Yeah. Yeah. And so looking back, I found these news clippings talking about something called the Fatley torpedo. Right. Right. Now, the thing is, where my dad used to work, it worked for a, a big uh, carpet uh, association called Associated Weavers at um, this top part called Tong, Bradford. But just across about five miles away from where they'd seen this, there was a place called Thackley where there'd been these torpedo-shaped craft seen. So that tied in with my dad and his workmates and his brothers that actually saw this Fatley torpedo. So, you know, it, and it's you, you can have a look. I mean, it, it's, it's one of these things where when you research, you know, sort of like you ring around and you go to, you know, these um, places and, and sort of like you do your research. And I've been over to the... Uh, Bradford Library, where they had up, um, I think it was floor five, you could go in and you could look at all what they had, you know, like their um, newspapers. And some had newspaper clippings specifically on things like ghosts and UFOs. So that was like uh, coming up to in my, my teens. And then I went to my first, I went to my first UFO meeting, and it was the Aphelia Society. And I think it was seventy-five pence to go in. And me and a school friend went 
on this particular night and really we didn't learn anything it was more about joining their group you know you didn't find out anything out really about uh, ufos you know apart from you know a, a lot of information about the group and and how it started but nothing about ufo sightings and reports and that's what we really went for you know we really went to see and you know like to to see images and pictures not videos because this is in 1980 this is in uh, actually 1979 i think it was so you know it, it was like we were looking for photographic evidence and people's testimonies people's stories right about what we've seen but like i say unfortunately you know we didn't get that but it was still a good event well that brings up a question i've had we've had other guests on the program from the uk and they basically have told us that ufos and the paranormal seems to be more of a, a an american kind of phenomenon or an american problem not a uk problem but you know as i looked at things i'm like i don't necessarily like believe that because well there's rendlesham forest incident that happened and you know we've were um talking to people from a magazine over there in the uk called um phenomenon magazine and it seems like that ufos are not just an american problem but over there i mean we know that it's worldwide but it, it was just kind of shocking when we asked especially this one actress that we had on and she was like no we don't we don't deal with a lot of ufos over here and i was like really well, first of all <laughs> you just said actress was she acting when she said that <laughs> no 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 she she's she was being legit but she was from london and i'm just wondering if like depending on what part of the uk you're in what kind of information you're getting because you know as far as i knew ufos were and, and uaps whatever they're being called now are are prominent over there in the uk just as much as they are here now we have please do not call them you whatever peas that that's that's a bad public publicity stunt right yeah from the government that don't want to admit to ufos you can you can wrap it up and in anything you want and call it anything you want it's a ufo no matter what you look at it how you look at it it's unidentified it's flying it's an object all this has been done to to discredit people like myself and yourself interested that are doing some fantastic work out there right yeah and it's just trying to get this like make it into this exclusive like group you know, of sort of like um, government officials and, you know, ex-police and all this lot, G-men. I'd never trust anybody from the government ever. You know what I mean? I'd never trust a copper, you know, a, a police. 
these are people that you you don't run for help. You keep away from. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. um, you know, and I'm being serious as well. I'm being serious. As so, so basically, there's there's nothing going on. Well, I've got a filing cabinet here. I've got um, an archive going back. One of the oldest archives going back to 1950 with some photographs from around 50s, 60s, and 70s. And, you know, I've been running a UFO group now for best part of 25, over 25 years. I cannot imagine why somebody would say that there's no problem with UFOs in this country. I'm just sort of like taken back and thinking that this person needs to get out. Yeah. Well, I and think, what were they talking about? What well, what subject were they talking about when they said this? She she is part of a group, and, and I'm also very much into this. Is looking at ancient civilizations and structures, especially like in Egypt, and determining that these things were much older and created much older by an advanced human civilization. And that aliens did not necessarily play a part in the construction of those things, that we were a high-tech civilization because we've been around on this planet for 100,000 years as Homo sapiens, you know, yeah. a very long time. Yeah. And it's not just yeah. the last 300 years that we've become a high-tech species. And I'm of the opinion as well that we were probably a high tech species that has uh, amnesia, kind of like what um, Graham Hancock likes to say. And we have been wiped off this planet and close to extinction many times. And a lot of our ancient technology and how we built ancient structures and what they're used yeah. for has been lost. And that's, you know, that yeah. that's kind of like my other passion other than investigating the UFO thing. I'm an earth science teacher, so I'm very interested in astronomy and ancient civilizations and, you know, things that happen to the earth on a dynamic scale that affect yeah. humans. Um of course. Yeah, so so that's what we were basically talking about and we had asked um, her if she had ever seen a UFO and she said no that's really a an American seems to be more of an American North North American problem because here in London we don't really see or hear much of anything and and I'm just wondering if it's like a segmented group of people that grow up in a city and she was younger you know she's a younger actress and comedian and things like that you know if she was uh you know, maybe just not exposed to it, but because my mind immediately went to the first thing I learned about in the UK was Rendlesham Forest when it came to UFOs. And it, I was like you, I was taken back by her statement that no, but then I'm also talking with people that are running a magazine over in the UK called Phenomenon Magazine. <laughs> you know, with a lot of subscribers and things, and they put out a free, you know, magazine every month and fantastic. Yeah. So I just, right. I wanted, I wanted to ask you about that because obviously you have your fingers on the pulse of UFO things going on over in the UK and just wanted to kind of get your, your insight on that. 
Yeah, that stick to astroarchaeology if I were if I were to, to be honest, because uh, there's there's things. Go, I mean, I, I've been doing other things now uh, for for some months. I started off ten years ago. I had my own radio show, and then I had a pirate radio show, and then I, I've missed it for a, a few years, and I've been setting up. A new um, television channel, TV channel. Awesome. Um, so you know, I've been really busy with that, and and for three years I've been busy writing two books. Uh, one about my life and being an abductee. Then the other one about the Bearwin Mountains UFO crash landing. Yeah, and I do want to get to talk about both of those. And I have had nothing, nothing but trolls and um, people doing all sorts of things, writing stuff on on the internet, uh, false and lies. But I saw a solicitor and he says, well, he says, the problem is you look at these people, you look, have they got any value in life? Have they got any, have they got a house? Have they got a job? Have they got any income? And the problem is, he says, uh, you know, you take them to court, you win. What are you gonna What are you gonna get from it? These people aren't gonna be able to pay any money, fines, or you know what I mean, not fines, but you know, basically pay uh, um, money for liable and, and and all this lot. He says, so you just you're gonna be spending a lot of money just for nothing. Just let them get on with it. You know, and unfortunately, I've been coming across other people in the subject. One, an abductee from this country. And my God, you know, the, the, the stuff, the threats, what she's had. And, you know, I thought it was just me. You know, I've had death threats and all sorts, you know. And um, I was quite taken back. When it were a woman that somebody, you know, treating somebody and and uh, just unbelievable. So anyway, apparently not only uh, a lot of other people, you know, sort of like uh, seem to go through this. Uh, and especially if you're an abductee and you've been out, I've been in papers, in uh, international papers, you know, uh, made... Um, headlines front page about four times in this country you know and um it would seem that if if you're sort of like known that these people don't like it these people hate it you know but the thing is they're not going to stop me from telling the truth you know i mean i were abducted you know one of the things is from my point of view, I am trying uh, to do something and, and stand up and say that we've got to find out what's going on because either either I'm lying, yeah, or either I'm telling the truth. There could be a middle, there could be a third reason, and that is either I'm not lying, I'm telling the truth, but it's not what I'm saying. It's what somebody's put up here. I don't want anybody to go through what I've gone through. 
man, woman, or because when all said and done against your will, I'm taking which are like 15 foot tall, bald, human looking, but like Nesferatu, you know, like the French Dracula. Right. And I'm put into a military unit and we're trained to fight. We've got weapons. And the thing is, we're fighting this alien race as enemies, and there's many of them, other planets and on this planet. And there's people that we've fought in different countries that are fighting against them who seem to be allies with another couple of races of aliens that we're fighting. So, you know, it's not only on other planets. This is happening on this Earth as well. Okay. We travel There's we, we travel uh, by a couple of means. There's time travel and then there's teleportation. We, we teleport mostly. We do use uh, spacecraft. And one of the reasons what I'm, I'm – I'm doing this for getting out there and, and I'm trying to find out just what is behind this. Either I'm telling the truth, I'm lying, or the third reason, somebody's putting something in my mind. Right. Right. I don't know which is the most bizarre and frightening. I know I'm not making it up. So the thing is, you know, this hasn't been, you know, like a, an easy thing for me to to come out and, and to tell people. I've had to live with this. And it, it's more or less ruined my life. My life was totally different from this when I first started 30 years ago. And the thing is, you know, nobody should be allowed to abduct anybody. I know that, you know, I've, I've read a book uh, about, um, well, what's his name now? The, the president basically giving us or, or, or giving the, the aliens rights to take humans. Oh, that was, um, was it the Eisenhower meetings that Eisenhower. happened? Yeah. It was Eisenhower. Yeah. Now the thing is nobody from any country, no matter what country it is, whether a president or or not, hasn't got the right to, to tell anybody that they've got permission to abduct people. Exactly. And to, to use them in experiments, to use them in, in any way. And this is one thing that we need to get to the bottom of. Because at the end of the day, no matter what anybody says, right, if this is happening, if we are being abducted, if all these people that I've met and have contacted me are telling the truth, there is one there's one hell of a problem here on Earth, and that is that people are being taken in their thousands. The uh, missing 411, where like 50,000 people a year in the, the United States go missing without a trace? Over in America, where there's all the people going missing from the national... Yeah, well, I was talking to the host of a, a radio program on the BBC about 10 years ago about abductions. And I was talking about the alarming number of people that go missing in the United Kingdom alone. Right. And 
the woman hosts were a bit funny with me. She says, oh, she says, uh, people come back the very next day. So, And I said, no, I said, because you can't go missing. Legally, you can't go missing unless you've been missing for two days and then you're registered as a missing person. That's the same thing in the United States. Hey, everyone. We hope you're enjoying the podcast. We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors and some friends of the podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, my name is Burton, and I am the host of Follow the Reaper podcast, where every episode we examine first and secondhand true paranormal encounters and you're listening to wayne and michelle on the michigan ufo sightings and paranormal encounters podcast hi everyone This is Jared Murphy of NotAliens.com, and you are listening to Wayne and Michelle from Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters Podcast. Hey there, it's Richard Serrett, occasional weekend guest host of Coast to Coast AM and host of The Conspiracy Show. And you're listening to Wayne and Michelle's Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. What's up, everyone? This is Burton. And Aaron from Lost in the Dark podcast. And raise your horns because you're listening to Wayne and Michelle from Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. What is up, you guys? It's your girl, Gemma Jade, from Gemma Jade YouTube, Moon Bear Oracle, Paranormal Chop Shop. You're here listening to Wayne and Michelle with the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. Hi, this is Chris Lato of the Chris Lato YouTube channel, retired F-16 pilot turned UAP investigator, and you are listening to Wayne and Michelle on the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. This is Terry Lane Keel, Director of MUFON Memberships, Investigator, Demonologist, and Author of Alien Healing, The True Story of a Benevolent Extraterrestrial. And you're listening to Wayne and Michelle on the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters Podcast.
Hello, everyone. This is Michael Schrett, military aerospace historian and private pilot. And you are listening to Wayne and Michelle at the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. And we're glad to have you with us today. Hi, this is Sev Talk from MUFON and the author of You Have the Right to Talk to Aliens and the host of Alien Spirit TV with Sev on YouTube. You're listening to Wayne and Michelle at the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. What's happening, ladies and gentlemen? This is Big Willie with the UFO Garage podcast, where we're all about UFOs, aliens, and all things weird. I also run a podcast, Band of Bearded Brothers, with my brother Micah, B-O-B-B for short. And you are listening to Wayne and Michelle with the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. So take a seat and buckle up as they educate us on all things woo. Hi, this is Alex Anovitsky, and you're listening to Wayne and Michelle on the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. What I'd like to show you guys is the infinite pool of experience and awareness, which can be found at luciuslabs.com. And it's a book that I've written after basically meditating for 27 years. Basically, it goes over modern physics. It takes you all the way from modern accepted physics to understanding that we live in a layering of conscious types within time and that our consciousness is eternal. Okay, Russ, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was in your first book, E.T. Rider, you talk about being abducted and a super soldier type of program that was uh, you were programmed into. Can you talk about that and, and abductees and what do you think about like these all of these missing people that happen over the years and uh, just let you go with that? Yeah, well... I'd been giving information to a, a British magazine about this subject of UFOs. I'd been out filming. I'd been investigating. I was giving them a lot of information to use in the magazine's features, you know, video footage, photographic evidence. And I'd said to the, the, the editor, he'd been to my house and it was coming over for some images for the next issue of this magazine. And I said, yeah, I said, uh, something I'm going to ask you now. I said, I've been asked to ask you this. I says that uh, all the years I've known you and I've been submitting stories and evidence, you've never invited me to come and talk about me being, you know, part of this subject, I said, being abducted. And he says, oh, we can't have you talk. Oh, I don't sell magazines, lad. Oh, he said it's it's too much like conspiracies. And now today, all as you hear about are people that have been abducted and been created into, turned into and created like super soldiers. I was talking about this before the terminology, so back to 1995, my dad turned around after the, we had this meeting and he said, you know something? He said, I wouldn't bother with that magazine ever again after it got your best interest at, you know, UFOs, and you've been taken by aliens. 
a strange thing was that that happened this is and myself you know for an editor to turn around and say we can't have you talking you know in this uh, magazine's conference about things like aliens fighting you know sort of like and using weapons wow you know unbelievable so i was you know sort of like putting a lot of my video evidence and sightings and reports in that magazine more than my story about being abducted you know and when it'd been in the paper my story was very watered down it spoke about me being abducted but never told about who had abducted me and about put into a military unit because when i'm abducted by this race of aliens me and the other abductees are put into this military unit and we're trained we're given a uniform a weapon and we're trained to fight this alien race as enemy or enemies human and non-human because apparently it's like this is worldwide so you've got people on this planet fighting for other alien races and there's a number of them so you've got people all around the world from europe england america canada that are fighting alongside an alien race might not be the alien race that i'm fighting with or for but others now to me that is worrying i've never been asked to do this you know, I were never asked if I wanted to do this. Although I've heard people talk about um, this, you know, this this theory that we have been asked and we've said, yeah, but we can't remember. Some of us are supposed to be aliens. You know, I only talk about things that I know is true. So I can't talk about that because I've no idea. You know what I mean? I had. 100% recall until I was rushed into hospital. Now, the, the thought I had a brain tumour, uh, the, 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 the thought one or two different things, but I was rushed into hospital because I was sat talking to my dad one Sunday morning after he'd come back from paper shop with newspapers, and I could feel my memory being taken from my head. From my brain i could just i could feel it being taken out like so it was the most frightening experience i have ever had wow he asked me he says you know are you all right and i was talking and i was talking and every everything that i was saying was coming out double dutch didn't make sense and my dad just shouted to my mum you know she was in bed and he just shouted to me, Mum Rita, I'm going to have to take care of the hospital. There's something wrong. I don't know what's up with him. So I was in hospital for three nights. And they'd taken me out of the original hospital and took me to another hospital next door where there was an isolation unit. So I was in an isolation unit for three days. Because I said, if it was one of five things, I wouldn't make it out. If it were any one of these five things, I would not make it out of hospital, probably. But I'm here. 
So obviously it wasn't one of those, any of those five things what they'd actually spoken about. But they have no idea what had happened to me. You know? So, you know, this is this is one of the um, effects that happens to people. I've I've also heard it's happened to somebody in England, a woman that I've spoken to. The same thing happened to her. Now, when somebody tells you something that you've never heard before from any other abductee, you know, alarm bells start. You know, it's like, wow, this is like the first time anybody has told me something that's happened to them, which is exactly the same as what's happened to me when I'd been abducted. Never heard of it before. Yeah. So, you know, um, I've listened to this person talking about her abductions, and, and I think she was on my radio show a few years ago. So that, to, to me, you know, smacks. There's a lot, a lot going on here, a lot more than what you would think going on here. How many more people has this happened to? But anyway, going back to this, yeah, so... The thing is, you know, we, we're fighting this alien race as enemies. We travel. There's uh, there's two ways we tra travel. There's teleportation and time travel. Also, we travel in their spacecraft as well. And it's not a good thing. You know, it's, it's like I hear people talking about abductions as if it's something like how can i put it you know like uh, oh marvelous you know sort of like i've never felt love like this before and and you know from people yeah the space brothers are here to take care of the planet and all that good stuff yeah well the, the problem is yeah and, and star seeds and, and all this lot you know right and the problem is you know it's people reading books isn't it you know this is this is one of the problems, you know, finding the people I've actually been abducted. So like um, weeding out the, you know, the, you know, sort of like the wheat from the chaff, you know, sort of like there's a lot of people out there talking about being abducted. But believe me, you know, when you've been abducted, it's not a good thing. It's it's it's, it's ruined my life really. I mean, in a in a lot of ways. You know, it's like every day you get up and it's, it's everything re revolves around this subject. And it, you just can't break the circle. It's, it's like 30 years. You just can't break the circle. Now, when you were fighting these aliens, the for for the one alien race, you were fighting the other aliens. Yeah. What was kind of the the goal? Are they fighting over Earth? Are they fighting over people on Earth, resources? Or is this something not even about Earth? They're just using this for like a, the war grounds, I guess you could say. It's a funny thing because from what I'm picking up, this Earth is special. You know, it's a special place, this Earth. And the, the thing is, these aliens never give every anything away. They're very guarded. I mean, like uh, where they're from, 
you know, sort of like, they never tell me where they're from. You know, sort of like, I hear people talking about, well, you know, the, the, these are from, you know, sort of like Zeta Reticuli or uh, uh, from, um, oh, what's that other place called now? Uh, near the Dog Star and what have you, Sirius. And, you know, you, you, and it, a lot of the time, this has all been handed down. And people have read books, and it's like it's it goes on, you know, and on, and you know, sort of like. So I don't know. It's the 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 tell you exactly where they're from because apparently, if you give away too much, there is this alien race, the the dragon race, these dragos. You know, sort of like a try to wipe them out. So they're not going to tell exactly where the planet is. And I've been on the planet, right? And you know, they the don't want us to to divulge anything really, because if they if the if these dragon race, you know, get to them and get to their planet, that's the done for. And apparently the reason someone says, well, why why are they taking you? You know, why aren't they fighting themselves? Well, apparently these were like scientists and and uh, people that were very spiritual. And it's it's a sin to, to fight sort of thing. So they basically abduct us and get us to do their dirty work sort of thing. Although there is some of the aliens... That are, that we're fighting with, that are soldiers. But what's happened is, um, they've made them a lot smaller than the rest of their race. So they're only like six foot. When when I'm talking to these, some of them are six foot tall. But some of the others are ten foot tall. But originally, they were like fifteen foot tall. So they've shrunk them down into size um, as a bit of a, how can I put it? Um, they've done this because they've become soldiers and it's to show that they're different from the rest of the race, if you know what I mean. So I think it's it's a, a bit of, a, what's the word for it now that you would use? Um, it's like made them a, a, a bit of stigmatized because they're fighting. You know, they're not the same. So anyway, yeah. you know, um, how they feel about that, I don't know. I suppose, you know, when when in fact, if you're fighting for, for your race, you'd think they'd be pleased, really. But um, like I say, they, these dudes are, are, are very tall. Very tall and sort of like uh, they're like Nesferatu. Now, how long did this go on? Well, th this happened from sixteen up until a few years ago, and a lot of the time I'd be driving on riding on my motorbike, and it, it first happened where I went down this uh, this tunnel, and I'm thinking I can't remember this tunnel being here yesterday. Where did it come from? The next thing. I'm in this room, and I'm then 
on this like uh, this chair, this bed, and it goes back, and um, I'm injecting it back in my neck. And then what happens is um, they put this tube down my throat, and it's got a, an helmet attached to it. And then the next thing, I'm looking down, and it's like an holograph holographic image, and we're, we're, I'm like up in the air. And there's a row of people in the same position as me. And there's this arena. And there's all this information coming in this helmet telling you it's like basic battle skills and, and, and what have you, information. And that happened about three times, that. That happened three times. And then I think it was either the third or fourth time, I'm in this room, like a checkerboard floor in this room. And what happens is we're all in in a line, and the 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 floor seems to grow, and then there's like we we're there, we we we're naked, and and we're getting this like there's this mist around us, and then it's like a bit like a sauna, and then these um, like fans must have been blowing out hot air, we we dry, and then the sluice comes. Um, and we we take this drink and what have you, and then we start being sick. This sluice thing comes down that we're sick into and what have you, and we're told to drink more of this stuff, and then this water, and then we've been sick a few times and told to drink some more of this water, and then sort of like being sick. And what happened then? This sluice goes up, this wall goes back, and then. Again, it's like this mist and sort of like, you know, um, but a bit more so even. And then there's like uh, this dryer. We dry again. And then we go forward and then this wall comes again. This locker is in front of us. We've all got a locker. And then we put these uniforms on. And it's real thin material like you know, like a neck curtain, and it's white, and you put it on, and then when it when it fastens, it almost closes on its own, and there's this knob. You turn this knob at the top, and all of a sudden, it goes yellow, dark yellow, green, dark green, blue, and then black, and it tightens, and you can feel this uniform tighten on you, and there's boots on as well. You've got boots on. And, you know, sort of like you've got this uniform on, it makes you feel fantastic. It really makes you feel super. And uh, we're told to, to put this helmet on. You can only pick the weapon up, the rifle, if you've got an helmet on, because it's a sonic weapon, it's a sound weapon. And there's you take the weapon out and there's like three cartridges and you use them like a magazine, but they're not magazines. These are magazines, actually, of uh, batteries. So there's two at each side, and then one goes in, and they're charged up, and the power that those things have, unbelievable. But if you use one of those weapons without the helmet, it'll burst your eardrums. It'll burst your eardrums. There's no doubt about it. So then where we're all dressed in his uniform now and we've got his weapons 
and we're all in line the what happens is the wall goes back with um, the lockers all go back and now we're standing looking at this big doorway and these things come up out of the ground and um, they're like pillars and on top they've got like crystal balls and the power goes up these uh, what do you call it like these towers what they're on and you can see them changing color going up and you know as they come up out of the ground and you you've got a on your weapon you you've got a, a strap and you put it on your back and you put your hands over the top of these two crystal balls and each person goes and they go as soon as they touch their hands on these crystal balls they disappear so this long row in front of you have all disappeared until you're stood there you do the same thing and then you, you've disappeared and now you're where they've basically um it's like teleported you to so you've been teleported and it tells you information where you are and the enemies and everything all the information in this visor and usually there were like these drago these these uh these dragon race half man half dragon type creatures and then it'll it'll come up and um it'll say you know sort of like their allies and it'll show you them who they are and, and what have you so that's what happened you know sort of like on many of occasions we've been out you know sort of like and uh, been to a lot of their bases and trying to destroy their bases some are underground bases some are level bases on on level above the ground um and sometimes we've been to to go and take um well we, we what we've done is we've gone and we'd uh, being told we had to get these prisoners you know like um get them out of these areas you know sort of like you know yeah but, that's fascinating now all of this is chronicled in your first book et rider is that correct yeah that's right yeah so if people want more information and read your, your whole story, they can uh, go on Amazon and find that book. On Amazon, that's right. Yeah. Now, what about your second book about the, is it Berwyn Mountains? The Alien Invasion of Wales or Alien Invasion Wales? Yeah. That's something I've been investigating for 25 years and believe me it is unbelievable because i published in that book all the police logs right yeah so there's about there's 80 logs in that and the timeline from when it happens when it was supposed to happen at 8 38 there's a problem with all this because we've got somebody that calls in before 8.38, talking about this earthquake 
and that there was a landslide also at 8.32. So six minutes before the actual, they call it like um, maybe an earthquake, we call it an impact, right, yeah? So the thing is, six minutes officially before it is logged with the police, somebody contacts them who isn't part of the British geological team because it's the British geological team at, said that this happened at 8.38 originally and it's logged at 8.38. So this doctor contacts them and says at 8.32 there's been a tremendous, you know, I think that... It, he, I think he actually calls it an impact and a landslide at 8.32. So straight away, and this isn't just hearsay, you can, you can see the documentation right here. There is a problem. Straight away, there's a problem. You know, then there's, um, the, the, there's loads of facts, loads of facts and, and problems that on one account, the British Geological Survey team are talking about this area. The day before this happened, there was this plane taking aerial photography of the area, the exact area where this so-called earthquake took place the day before. Now, nobody can say the day before when there's going to be an earthquake. You know what I mean? It's one of these things, signs, they, they cannot tell. You, you know what I mean? They can tell you when it's happening, but they can't tell you when it's going to happen. So why was that aircraft? It was an RAF. I mean, we've got all the details. We've got the, the number of um, the, the sortie and the number of the actual photographic evidence the reel that was taken. So why was that aircraft, why was the RAF taking pictures of the same area the day before? Yeah, that's very suspicious. Yeah, it, it is. Then we've got, I wrote off and uh, asked if there was anything going on around this area in the sea because it's, it's next to the North Sea, uh, next to, sorry, to the Irish Sea. And on that night, there was, they said it was an exercise taking place called photo flash, where they'd be using up to 80 photo flash bombs and 10 aircraft. Now, photo flash bombs are to illuminate the sky and what they do is basically you can see any ground troops below. Yeah, and some people even say that over the sea they can light up if, and, and target submarines underneath the sea, right? So the thing is they, they'd used so many. They said they were going to use 80. Now, these 
this ordinance, the, the, the actual RDF who actually install these, put these in the, the, um, the payloads in, the men don't like handling these because they're volatile. They're very, very volatile. And when they explode, uh, I think it's, oh, what the heck do you call it? Is it magnesium? Um, it'll burn through concrete and metal. It's like, is it phosphorus? It's like it'll burn through concrete and metal and what have you. And it, what it does, it gives for a second, it lights up the sky like daytime. So they had 80 of these supposedly going off at the same time Right, yeah. When this Bearwin Mountain, this Bearwin Mountains incident took place on the same night. Now, again, is that just a coincidence? Right. Now we also have five men witnesses to coming across a flying saucer at the side of the road, and um, what they said was within minutes the military were around they could see there were three alien grey type creatures and there were two like they were being helped as if they'd been injured so there were five of them also there were five aliens and there was this this flying saucer that appeared to be hovering in a field still intact so you know, I've, I've spoken to these men and uh, they started getting problems. They started having problems. I started getting death threats and, and all sorts, you know, telling me that, you know, we might not get you, we might get one of your family and what have you. You know, you're getting this kind of thing where you're threatened with either, you know, sort of like injury, harm or death. That's been 25 years and I'm still here. Touch wood. Yeah. Well, before we let you go, and this has been fantastic. Now, that story that you're talking about is chronicled. That's your alien invasion whales, and that's W A L E S, the location in the UK, not whales as in the animals. So, just so like our American audience knows and uh, other people know that we're not talking about alien invasion of whales like no. the animal <laughs> so whales it's, uk yeah it, it's whales do that kingdom yeah and my friend we're out filming we, we're putting stuff up on youtube I've, I've put quite a few in you know to put some new images i've got my friend at the side of me and i get zapped by a ufo it, it shoots five balls of light down at me and that's on my youtube if you put russ kelly um investigator um, abductee on YouTube, it, it'll come up Russ being zapped, and you know, sort of like it, it's me being zapped. There's there's nothing other than it can be apart from me being zapped by something a UFO sent down, shot down at me. There's other things. There's a dolphin in the sky. You know, at first I thought it was a balloon. I said, ah, oh, this has got to be a balloon, but there's no tether. There's no tether from the ground going up, you know? 
then I've um, filmed something what people call the flying man daytime. This thing comes down. The next day, I went on to um, to to film the area where this thing came down, and I took a photograph, and there's a flying triangle. There's an actual flying triangle in the same area. I've only just found the picture now. Oh wow! You know, but that was twenty years ago. Twenty, not twenty-two years ago. Right. You know, so we've we've got a lot to to do. We we we're doing this. You know, like there's there's things we're doing, and we're hoping to put some more images up on YouTube. Okay. So if people want to find you on YouTube, what would they be searching for? If they just put Russ Kelly, um, abductee, uh, UFO investigator, abductee, it'll find me. Or if you can find me on uh, Facebook uh, under Russ Kelly. Okay. You know, because I do put images up on me uh, on my Facebook as well. Okay. Awesome. And like I was saying earlier, before we let you go, I did want to bring up a hot button issue that's been going around the media within the last few days. And that is the Calvine or Calvine UFO photo that was recently released. And, you know, you have Nick Pope talking about this was a poster. Uh, this photo was so impressive. He had it made into a poster and put in his office and then that was taken away many years ago and you know the photos have been gone and missing and now they've resurfaced or at least one of them has i don't know if there's more but what's your take on the whole kelvine ufo photo that's going on i've got other things i'm more interested in what's going on you know like other things what me and my uh, colleagues are, are filming as self current issues today we're talking about people from the government, people, MOD, XMOD, you know, sort of like doesn't interest me one bit. It's like, really, it's just resurfaced. Wow. Yeah. D doesn't really interest me because it's the government and, you know, the government couldn't tell the truth if it, if it wanted to. Do you think the governments are adopting the UFO hypothesis in a way to cover up other things or at least cover up some of the nasty little things they're doing behind the scenes to people in the world yeah like the covid injections makes you wonder <laughs> like getting everybody to have covid injections and give them an actual virus you know sort of like it's like you know like we just had two years of nonsense from these people you know, sort of like talking about a, a virus, it's so bad that they're all there, you know, sort of like they're telling us, don't go out, don't mingle, you know, sort of like um, don't uh, don't uh, get together in, in numbers and what have you. But you're, yeah, they all are. So it's like, it's just a nonsense. I don't believe a word the government say. You, you know what I mean? Yep. It, it, I just... You know, anything to do with the government, I think we need a change in government, to be quite honest. You know, because they're all a bunch of millionaires. When it, when it's, when it's when you look at reality, these people are only in the government. It's not because, it's not like 
to look after the country and its people like a vocation that you have you know what i mean these people are just interested in in sort of like getting rich quick getting big pensions and and doing very little for it so but no i'd, I'd you know so sort of like when people start talking to me about government involvement you know like the, the this um tic tac business and you know talking a, a, about uh, the images they're the most dreadful images i have ever come across i have got better stuff that i've up on my website on my youtube and a lot of other people have a lot better and we you know sort of like people will, will, will say oh, you need to 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 get a you know sort of like a stand you know sort of like it's very wobbly is your image or it's too dark and it's all this but as soon as the cia or the the government put something up everybody's sort of like oh it's it's the best thing since sliced bread rubbish low grade low quality images you don't know who's taking it you, you can't is it really in a cockpit it could be in a flight simulator you have no idea and i just said the problem is you've got too many people that bow down to to suits and boots you know what i mean people that are in government or people at old office and what have you and instead of saying i want to know personally from witnesses who have seen things right here yeah, from any walk of life they don't have to be military ex-military police or whatever you know what i mean your common man and woman working class that have seen something are more interested in what they've seen you know what i mean that's that's my take on things i agree all right russ it's been awesome talking to you even through all the connection issues we've had. And uh, hopefully we can have you on again. Maybe we'll get a, a better connection next time, but it's been awesome. And we've been at this for about an hour and 20 minutes. So I think with that, we're going to go ahead and sign off and uh, say thank you and hope to talk to you soon, especially on Facebook. Well, yeah. Thank you, Wayne. And it's been a pleasure to be on the show. And you'll take care. And bye. Bye for now. Okay, so that was a wild conversation. Yeah, with the internet acting as weird as it was and talking to somebody way over in the UK, it was not being very It's like nice. bloody hell, just behave. <laughs> yeah, it, it would not. It was being a pain. So I'm sorry for the uh, bad sound quality. I did what I could and tried you know, to salvage it. I'll but, tell you. you know, one thing that I instantly took from that conversation with Russ What's that? that I wrote down was about that stance on the the terminology of UFOs and UAPs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, how absolutely not using the term UAP and that's more of like government control over the narrative. Yeah. Well, you know, UFO has been around the term UFO 
You know, it's been around for 70 some years. And now all of a sudden, because the government's interested in using, I think they're using the whole UFO thing as something else, like either to get more money out of the taxpayers, creating more government stuff. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever see anything out of it. When I was watching those um, Senate hearings or that Senate hearing, you know, the two guys they have running the UAP quote unquote task force didn't seem like they knew anything about anything. So I don't know. I mean, if you look at what Russ had to say about it with all of his years experience, that, that Kelvin photo, he's like, I'm not even interested. I'm more interested in what normal, regular, blue collar, hardworking people have witnessed and have to say about this subject than I am about what any government official has to say about it. And, you know, honestly, I kind of agree with them because in all the digging I've done so far in the almost two years we've been doing this and like three years, well, four years since our sighting, it's like the government's not going to tell us anything. If you're waiting for answers from the government, forget it. You're going to be waiting a very long time yet or until, again. Or until they change the title of it again. Yeah, UAP. Well, you know, UAP gives them an excuse to look at everything that is not an actual craft. You know, oh, there's uh, uh, funny cloud formations over here. We don't know what to classify them as, so they'll be uh, UAP. We need money to study that. You know, who knows? I just, I don't buy it. You know, and I'm being very cynical as of late in that Kelvin photo has something to do with it. And I'm kind of like Russ. I'm more interested in what has happened to people and their stories and what they have to say, what they've witnessed. And that comes to the paranormal ghost stories and all of that as well. I just, I don't trust people in the government to to be having people in the UFO community's best interest at heart. I really don't. Go take a look at that picture, folks. Take a look. Yeah, and and try to scrutinize it. You know, try not to think of it being programmed in your head before you see it as a UFO and an airplane. You cannot tell that's an airplane. Everybody's like, that's a Harrier. That's just because people know that Harriers were operating over in the UK. The The Brits loved the Harrier. So I don't know. I'm, I'm staying neutral, but skeptical. If it turns out to be legit, it turns out to be legit. Then awesome. If it turns out not to be legit, then you know what? That's awesome too. Now we know and we can move on. And we don't need people arguing back and forth because the last thing we need is more division and people arguing back and forth. So that's my take on it. You know, in 10 minutes, they'll change to something else. <laughs> so you're probably right. With that, everyone, we're going to close it out for the night. Absolutely. Let's get out of here. All right, everybody. Have a great night. It's been a wild ride. But yes, have a great night. And remember... Keep your eyes to the sky. You have been listening to the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. 
You can reach us at mi.ufo.podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at mi underscore UFO and join our Facebook group by searching for Michigan UFO sightings and paranormal encounters. So until next time.